this? Is there a royal passing, boys? Is it a coincidence that we're here? And there is a guard of honour from the palace? You really didn't have to lay that on. <laughs> Honestly. It's beyond the call. I feel you deserve this. Thanks, guys. Lovely. Lovely gesture. <laughs> This week on Walking the Dog, I went out for a stroll with two of the most legendary names in comedy writing, Dick Clement and Ian Lafrene. They're the partnership responsible for classic TV shows such as The Likely Lads, Porridge and Olvida's Own Pet. And by the way, they're also responsible for my entire existence because they set my parents up on a blind date, so you can blame them. I caught up with Dick and Ian in London's St James's Park on a beautiful autumn day. We chatted about how they first met and started writing together, how they cope with the failures as well as the successes, and why they think living in LA keeps them young. It really does, they look amazing. I loved chatting to Dick and Ian. They were so funny and just real old school gents. And you should check out their memoir, which has just come out. It's called More Than Likely, and it's just filled with brilliant anecdotes about everyone, from Marlon Brando to Sean Connery and Will Smith. And it's also a fascinating insight into the process of writing. I really hope you enjoy my chat with Dick and Ian. Here's the boys. I'm carrying Ray. Do you know which way to St James's Park? I'm yeah, following just, you. Just, just down here. Just down well, here. I thought to... this was your regular gig, St no. James's Park. <laughs> oh, I thought no. this was down, your... down here to Trafalgar Square. Dick knows where he's going, Ian. Well, yeah, I we do. both do. You both look so dapper and smart. Oh, well, well, that's, it, in, in, uh, I dress like a slob in L.A. But, <laughs> Do but that's, you? That's because I, I work at home, so I only have to sort of get up, make the coffee and wait for him to turn up. This is the nice thing about being a writer, isn't it? <laughs> well, I should say, you know what, I'm so casual about this, I haven't even officially started the podcast. So this is Walking the Dog, I'm Emily Dean, and I think I'm more excited than I've ever been about doing one of these. Because oh the two men that I'm with today are, I would describe them as the godfathers of modern comedy. Happy with that? Oh, well, I don't know about no, that. No, I don't know. I mean, I mean it's, it's so Golden and Simpson, they, they came before us. So. Okay, it's, well, it's, they're it's, humble. It's, it's, I don't like the <laughs> sitcom thing. Okay. I mean, we've written so much more drama than sitcom. I said comedy. And our feed, yes, sitcom. and our feed is in wasn't a sitcom. Yeah, but no, comedy. What about is. dramedy? Yes. Comedy and dramedy. Dramedy is our favourite. Okay. We're you pitching see, one next week. I mean, we literally have a big pitch next week. <gasps> big drama of, of a drama series, and it's it's uh, definitely not comedy. It's uh, it's serious shit. It's a, it's a, <laughs> what, but it's really good. Is that what it's called? Serious shit. Um, well, do you know, there, there's been a problem with the title because it was going to be called Prodigal Sons. Oh, yeah. And then this week they discovered that Did there was a new... Did they buy below the copyright? No, no, no. There's a new show coming out on Fox called Prodigal Son, singular, yes. which has completely sabotaged our title. Oh, no. So there's a whole debate going on now about what it's going to be called. I got to the bit where I was introducing you and I was very excited and then I never even said who it was. I'm with Ian Lafrene and Dick Clement. Or Dick Clement and Ian Lafrene. Which way round are you? You're Clement Sorry. and Lafrene. It's, it, that, it's always been that in the, in the billing. Why was that? Um, and was there an argument ever about it? No, we never argued about it. I don't know. Um, it's alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of any other reason. But it no, it just it stuck that way, you know. So yeah. Clement Lafrenier just seems to 
uh, be it. I'm not sure. No. You're not sorry, Ian. My friend Clement sounds very good too. I'm going to have an argument about it now. Ian, it's a bit late now. <laughs> We're in London's. I would call this a, well. It's St. St James's Park. We're going to, aren't we? Yeah. Central London. Are across... we talking now on mic? Yeah. Oh, well, we're now in Trafalgar Square. <laughs> yeah. So God knows if we'll ever make St. James's Park. <laughs> no, I think and we you will. boys are over here at the moment, aren't you? Yes. I call you boys. That's I can't right. get out of this habit because I they, should... they used to call um, Ralph Richardson and John Gielgud the boys. So <laughs> I, don't, I, don't feel, I don't feel too bad being called the boys, actually. I quite like it. Well, the reason I call you the boys, because I should explain full disclosure here I have a personal connection with you um, would you like to explain what that is Ian well yes I met your mother when she was in the first series that we ever wrote one of the first episodes of our whole career and can you I remember don't... which one it was no but I can I... oh tell oh. me it was called we should say the show is called the likely lads yes oh, yeah. some people have heard of oh, yeah. and my mother played a a French woman that one of them had met on holiday. Yes. Entente Cordiale. Yes, and she turned out to be Welsh, which of course in those days was That's like, oh, right. I can't believe she's That's the Welsh. very first one. It's the, it was the first we thing did. we ever had produced. Really? First thing, and I remember, I said to you before, uh, I was having a drink with her and Did thinking, oh my God, this, this is the first time I've ever had a drink with an actress. And it was very exciting. <laughs> However, Nothing uh, happened though, did nothing it? Nothing happened that night. <gasps> oh no, I'm joking. Uh, no, I'll keep you. Can you see a resemblance, Dick? I know. And nothing <laughs> happened that night, but then for some reason, she was looking for a flat. And I had a flat with a, uh, a not, uh, which I shared with this lovely Australian girl called Barbara. Remember her, Dick? Very well. Lovely she girl. Was lovely. And then Christine came, so the well, girls, sorry. it was in Chelsea, because in those days you could live. Yeah. Anywhere you wanted, even though you were broke. So we lived in Portland Square, Chelsea. Your mother and Barbara had a bed each in the front room. I was in the back room. Downstairs <laughs> was the kitchen dining room. I don't think in two years that kitchen was ever used by any of us. <laughs> I can't remember anything being actually made in that kitchen except Ooh. maybe tea. And you, I think my parents met through you. I think, I think they always told well, me. Well, then uh, maybe they did because yeah, I think Dick and I were interviewed, or I was by my, your father, yeah. who did this show and Late Night Lineup. And he had an art show, yeah. And the uh, yeah, first it. time I'd ever yeah. been on television was being interviewed by your father. So this is a very emotional day <laughs> for both of us. Well, you're responsible for my entire existence. This is really heavy. <laughs> I, I mean, that is serious. <laughs> I, mean, you I mean, really. You don't meet someone every day where that's the case. That's true. Um, I want to know how... <laughs> I know how you both met, because I've just been reading your book. Which it was in Pamplona when I was running Bulls, wasn't it? Well, we'll talk about that, because... Is that you testing that I've read the book? No, because you, you come up in the book with three scenarios. That's right. Two are entirely fantastical. And one is essentially, yeah, my mate just introduced us in the pub. In a pub, yeah. <laughs> Notting um, Hill. Exactly. Alice. 
I like because I imagine that's a question you get asked possibly All the more time. than any other. All the time. We how got, did you two meet? You know? we, we got so bored with it, of that's course. why we decided to yeah. be a little fanciful. Really? And that's what's interesting is that a partnership which produced, as people know, things as sort of extraordinary things like the light blue lads, orange and Arvida same pet. It actually, things like that, people expect there to be some alchemy and some magic, don't they? And actually, it is, it, it do, does, does strike me that it was two blokes that met in the pub and got on well. Thought, oh, let's work together. Is that, how would you yeah. describe it? That's exactly right. Here, want to yeah. go over here, want, this, but, this way, Ian. Yep. I can't, but can you, has <laughs> there ever been a, a live radio show where the people talking got hit by a bus? <laughs> Could happen any minute. And here and here's, a, here's the bus. The oh, oh. So this is your manor. When you met all those years ago, was it? Were you sort of hanging out in this area? No, we lived in Earl's Court, both of us. Earl's Court. Very near each other. Uh, uh, surrounded by Australians and and Springboks and Kiwis. But it was. It seemed like London, and because you'd come, I've got to confess to quite a lazy assumption, which is that I did think. Oh, Ian's a Geordie, and the nature of the likely lads and Porridge and Alvina's own pet, and a lot of what you write, or certainly with the likely lads, it was giving a voice to sort of working class men and all this kind of stuff. So I thought, oh, they're obviously, they were very poor and they, their dads are factory workers, and actually that wasn't the case. No. Uh, we had nice upbringing. I think what it was, was that what we found we had in common. Uh, oh, there's a lorry reversing here. Apart from just being simply excited about being very young and being in London, yeah, was that it was this amazing period when the sixties kicked in, in you know, not in music that's so obvious, but also in films. Yeah. And suddenly there was this what they used to call the new wave of British cinema, whereas the first time ever that leading men were working class, and which was a phenom then. Michael All Kane, of this is in yeah. our latest work, by the way. Yeah. It's a documentary in the 60s called My Generation. Which I love. That was the period, and we loved the films. And when Dick did this exam piece on his director's course, he said, let's write something. And so we were basically trying to, trying to uh, pay homage to the movies of the time. Yeah. You know, with Albert Finney and John Corney, Alan Bates, working class. Yeah. And uh, that's what we did. You are from the northeast, though. I know that. Oh, yeah. And your parents? Well, well, my parents were both born in the northeast. Yeah. And my father's background beyond that is was India, which is very weird. But, um, yes. But, uh, but would I you was... say you were middle class, both of you? Oh, de definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I was first generation public school. Yeah. And my dad, my dad ran a dairy business in uh, in Southend. Yeah. And my two brothers, my two older brothers, went into the business. So I, because I had two older brothers, I thought <laughs> I, I was determined not to compete with them. Really? Well, absolutely. I mean, they, they sailed very well and yeah. shouted at me when I crewed for them. So of course, <laughs> I I never took up sailing. Yeah. They drove well, so I didn't drive until I was twenties. That's um, interesting. But. <laughs> I went into a profession that was about as far removed from the milk business as possible. <laughs> so, so that was, uh, yeah. That that was, but it was a very happy family, and you know? I was I had a very 
easy-going upbringing, but nobody's, nobody's very... in my town anymore. Nobody lives there. I haven't been there for years. Really? Everybody moved away. So you didn't have that? Well, that's interesting, though, because it sounds to me like <coughs> you, you grew up in a sort of background where you felt you could... You had the freedom to do what you wanted, though. You know, some people yes. come from a traditional background and there's that sense of, you know, I suppose being a bit cloistered and restricted and you must follow us into the business. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was a, a time when you could do these things. I, I wanted to get away to London. Mm. Um, uh, and so I, I moved there like a homing pigeon. But we, the other thing that was a huge influence, which we do cover in the book, was national service. Because you both did national service, yeah. which I was interested about. What do you both think you gained from that and how did it affect your life? Well, probably, it probably was the, it was the only possible background that we could have delved into to make us right about, to have any experience around it. We had nothing else to fall back on. Mm. You know, we hadn't worked in factories or building sites or prisons or whatever. What, but we had done national service, so we'd rub shoulders with guys from the Gorbals and guys from Eton. You know, it was an amazing melting pot. And when we look back years later, we said, you know, that was it. Really? That's, that's where we got where all the shit came from. Sorry. Well, it was it was it was. A... Ian, can I just say you're so allowed to say shit? I mean, some well, of it's the very language. classy shit. I mean, I meant to say that. <laughs> but it, it, look, we're actually in St James Park now. <laughs> um, uh, it's time your dog did some walking. He's I think. going to. I'm going to put him down. I promise. Um, do you uh, both have dogs, by the way? I do. Yes. <gasps> Dick, what have you got? A, a Wheaton Terrier called Molly. I love Wheaton Terriers. They're lovely. I, I've had several. And uh, so you're a dog person. Totally. Totally. Ian? No, I love dogs, but we, I haven't had one for a long time. But Doris I've had dogs. had one, didn't she? Uh, yeah, we had a Terrier, a Belgian sheepdog, we had another dog, and my son Michael had a chocolate lab. Uh, love dogs, but I get enough hair on me around his house. <laughs> <laughs> Wheatons don't shed, though. Yes, I love a non-shedder. I love a non-shedder. So, sorry, you were saying about national service. It That's was terribly valuable. Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, we didn't know it at the time, but it was a wonderful preparation to, to do what we ended up doing, because, uh, you know, you, you did meet a lot of different people instead of having a, a totally sheltered upbringing just... I'm going to put Ray down, boys. I'm sorry, oh. why is everything so yellow? And yes, instead is, of green? It? I noticed that yesterday. I noticed that yesterday has there, has, too. Has there been a drought? In, in Richmond. Do you feel that when you come back to London, do you feel... Well, we're here quite often. Are you? Because you're both based in LA. Yeah, but we're here so much. We, we, so it's not like, oh my God, it's so green, England. <laughs> no, I was here three weeks ago, and it, you know, it's not, not got any greener. But it's oh, got no, more yellow. We right, so oh my God, you're, we're pausing for you. Do we have to pick this up in a plastic bag? This is outrageous. It's only, it's only a pee. Really? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Look what happens. People love him. Look at their face. Didn't Elizabeth Taylor have these? I think they were white. No, she had. Well, yeah. I know this because I read your book. Yes, you mentioned, and this is one thing we'll get onto your extraordinary life, because, you know, you pick up people's books and they say, oh, this is my memoir, this is one, and you think, oh, that's nice, they met Barbara Windsor or someone from EastEnders or someone, and you're like, Marlon Brando, Richard Burton. I mean, extraordinary. 
But Elizabeth Taylor, you mentioned. We never met her. You didn't actually meet she her. She was always in the other room. When we, you were meeting with we, Richard Burton. Yeah, well, yeah. We, it was because we did. Yeah, we did a film, and he was in it, and we yes. heard her voice. So we, so we were very excited about the prospect of meeting. I'm in the bathroom. The That's about as close as we got to it. <laughs> and next time we went to the Dorchester, she was still in the bathroom. So, um, <laughs> what do you think she was doing in there? Well, I think maybe she had problems, or maybe it was just a lot of makeup. But we never met her. Oh look! What? Yes. What's this? Is there a royal passing, boys? Is it a coincidence that we're here, and there is a guard of honour from the palace? You really didn't have to lay that on. Honestly, it's beyond the call. I feel you deserve this. Thanks, guys. Lovely, lovely gesture. <laughs> come on, come on, Ray. Don't He's doing bother. a poo. Ian, come on. I can do that. Dick, you, you, I cannot expect the godfathers I of do it at home. modern comedy and dramedy. <laughs> Are you happy with that, Ian? Um, I'll pass on this one. Why? Well, I'm responsible for you being here. I don't have to pick up your dog's poo. <laughs> right, we'll put this in the bin. That is a beautiful colour, your dog. Yes, he's yeah. good, isn't he? Lovely. Well, it's he's... the highlights. Whoever did the highlights did a very good uh, job. Same yeah. person who does yeah, mine. Yeah. People always say, oh, you end up looking like your dog, and I used to laugh. And now I look at me and my dog, and I realise, yes, that does, in, that does in fact happen. So... The questions people ask you, how did you get together? How did you start writing? How did you come up with the idea for the light food ads? And people want to know because I suppose it was, it was a big change, wasn't it? I think that show at the time, it was part of a wave of I think so. it differences that were happening. It took comedy out of the drawing room. Yeah. Um, and, and moved it into a house with an outside loo. Yeah. So that was a bit of a leap. Although, mind you, Coronation Street uh, had you know, been on a few years. Yeah. So, but I, you can say that must have influenced me. But no, it was the movies. It was all the movies. We, we weren't watching television. You don't move to London and then sit home watching television. Like we were very... Did uh, you had it? Did you? The, the, the phrase we always liked was when somebody said, you could meet those two anywhere. And, and, and that, that yeah. felt like an accolade because that was, a, that was the intention that, you know, that they felt like real people. People say that's often the secret of good comedy, that you can meet those two anywhere. So those characters are, doesn't matter whether they're in Buckingham Palace or whether they're working in a cafe, you can relate to them as an audience. Do you think that's true, that you could put those characters anywhere and they'd work? I'm picking them up because I'm worried about the ducks, guys. Ooh, would oh. you attack them? No, they might attack oh, him. Oh, the geese might. Yeah. Oh, the geese, yeah. yeah. Don't you think? They're so much bigger than him. They're a lot bigger. I remember somebody, when I, I had a holiday on Lake Tahoe once, and there were a lot of geese there, and it one of them literally goosed my wife, you know. <laughs> and I, it, that's obviously the, the origin of the word goose, because it's, oh, right. if you think where their beaks are and, wh and what the target is if they're behind you, <laughs> that's, that's what being goose is about. So, yeah, so we were talking about the comedy thing. So with that sense of those characters being... People everyone could relate to, essentially. And that, that sort of, you guys starting to chat about that and thinking, okay, we work well together. And that must have happened when you met in the pub, that sense of, we get on well, there's a spark there. Well, the big in was Dick was working at the BBC. He was in radio then. Yeah. And then he got this onto the director's course. I mean, that was the in. I mean, surely 
Yeah, as it turned out to be true, we basically parlayed that situation into getting a break. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of randomness to it. Oh, God, yes. You, you know, we never planned to write a series about two guys in a factory. We wrote this thing, this exercise at the end of my training course, and then somebody said, do you see it as a series? Yeah. And of course, we'd never seen it as a series, never thought about it as a series. But what, what are you going to say? We said, oh, absolutely, you know, and, and suddenly there we were writing that. Yeah. And we didn't plan to write porridge, really, either. And uh, uh, that evolved, you know. And I got caned celebrating that occasion <laughs> in the pub, which was your mum's local, too. It was then called the Black Lion. And They've changed the name of it now for some reason in uh, in Chelsea. Oh, really? Yeah, opposite where we live. What, so you were celebrating the Well, life? being committed, suddenly yeah. I was thinking, I'm, I, I, they said, why are you so happy or drunk? And I said, I'm a writer. It was like, it was oh, just really? like that. How brilliant. Yeah. Commissioned six, six episodes. Yeah. Of course, the reality was the next week or two when we sat well, down and actually had to do it. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because my childhood best friend actually Jane Goldman is a writer she's a screenwriter and she said to me um, when I had to write a book recently she said I said I, ha I think I hate writing she said no one likes writing everyone likes having written that's true is that true oh god yes yeah I love it. having written them no, <laughs> no having written is great but I, no I, we enjoyed it I don't, we could never have been partners this long if we didn't actually enjoy the process of working together. Oh, I can, I can think of a few. <laughs> Catch me a spy sitting in there, <laughs> try to write that movie which wouldn't come. When it doesn't come, it's hell. Yeah. It doesn't happen to us very often, but it's happened two or three times. Um, but I thought it was interesting because obviously you talk about the triumphs, of which there are many, and mostly triumphs, but what I thought was really interesting about this book and something you don't often come across is that sense of you being quite honest about your careers as writers in which there'll be sort of high points low points and yes. this didn't work people don't normally do that no, a lot of disappointments and a lot of embarrassing uh failures we, th we thought it was <laughs> it, it, no it, but there were i mean you could people don't know but after the like lads we did we did get a couple of feature movies under our belt which so we thought, oh, but this is cool. Yeah. But then we, we, we were offered a television series and uh, it was a disaster. And which one was that? Well, no, it was called... Uh, Mr. Mr. H. H. With yeah. Harry H. Cohen. And then, so when you think about it, then we did another movie, it's great, this one to Burton. Mm. But then when we did Whatever Happened to the Likely Lads, it was, you know, that was a big, uh, is this going to work? Because mm. we hadn't had a success since the original... And, and happily, it did it did work, and we thought yes, we we are quite good. Uh, we, we didn't feel that two years earlier after Mr. H. But that difficult second album syndrome. That's yeah, absolutely. Tough, isn't it? Yeah. Was oh. there, did you feel pressure then, both of you, after because the likely lads and also audiences in those oh, days? Oh no, I were think huge, going to do Mr. H. Yeah, we did feel enormous pressure. Oh, By the way. This is usually the setting for spies meeting clandestinely, isn't it? This this, this bridge. We're on a bridge in St James's Park. It's really beautiful. And with, with a view of the of the palace, but this is Buckingham Palace. Isn't this lovely? <laughs> yeah. Why do spies spies always meet here, don't they? Yes. Yeah. George Smiley. This is where he meets people. Yes. Oh yeah. This is where he goes. Well, you're big John Le Carre fans, aren't you? Huge.
Dick, I'm following you. Let's do that and do a circuit. I, I just said I'm following you. Would you say out of the two of you, who's the spokesperson? Is there? Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you go into a room and... No, no, it's always, it's always a double act. Mm. You know, I mean, interviews is easy, you just like this. Yeah. Making it very simple. It's when the you, same when with you have pitching. To, when you have to pitch, which is the least enjoyable part of being in our business, yeah. then we kind of work it out where the beats are, where one will take over from the other. Yeah. Do you know when you go into... Cause that seems so frightening to me, going into one of those... Well, as you get older, it's even more frightening. Because Is it? The Why? Well, the people you're pitching to are so much younger than you. Yeah. And they're, you know, they have their feet on the desk, they're, they're wearing Nikes and a baseball cap, and they're texting someone else. And they're slightly <laughs> so, surprised that you haven't left your walker outside. Yeah, so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's really, it's a shitty process. Process! <laughs> process, I said. L.A. The LA boys now. Yeah. Um, and, and with <coughs> Porridge, I mean, you had this huge success with the Likely Lads, and but you didn't flog it to death, did you? Which, how many series oh, were 20, there? Oh, there were 26, whatever 26, what, yeah. And two Christmas specials, or one Christmas And a movie. Special. But that's not a and lot a in movie. today's terms. Oh, no, no, today's no. Today's terms, you'd have, that'd be one season. Yeah, well, it would be, but it, you'd have a writer's room. Right. Uh, I, I think a lot of series really do overstay their welcome. I mean, I think we think we should have done one more series of Porridge, probably. Um, but I suppose there are certain things, you know, it's the, the office, Faulty Towers, where you feel there's something perfect about that. Yes. As a finished piece of work. But I'd, have, like, I'd, I'd have liked a few more, Would you know. <laughs> um, but it I wasn't to be. I love how you talk about... Ronnie no, it's not in, the in book. the book. Come here. Well, he was a lovely man. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, there was no one nicer. No. And you felt that he was the perfect choice well, for that well, part? Well, there was never, it was never any other choice because it was commissioned as a vehicle. With him in Ronnie. mind, it wasn't came, it? Yeah. Should we go down there? We'll go down this way, now, yeah. What is this street well, called? He, he also, he Sorry, also said it was his favourite role ever. What's this street called? This is... Is that Horse Guard Spray? Is this parade? Horse Guard Spray? It is, Ian. Yeah. We sh this is fantastic. This walk, it's lovely. Isn't this lovely? I'm going to do this a lot now. All human life is here. Well, it's nice to be away from the traffic too, there's no... I know, it's so Look peaceful. Look at these, these flowers, are wonderful. Isn't this nice? Yeah. This is so nice. We should, why, well, I'm glad we Why is it taking this? so long <laughs> for us to do this? <laughs> so, sorry, you were saying with... Um, Ronnie Barker. We were commissioned again. Well, we didn't suddenly say, let's write a series in prison. We were commissioned to do two. And one of them was him being taken to prison. Yeah. Because we'd just written a series called Thickest Thieves about somebody coming out of prison. Yeah. So, you know, we were worried about that. And then when they looked at both of them, they said, which one do you want to turn into a series? And it wasn't an easy decision. We liked them both. And then we thought, prison was a bigger challenge you know but it, again it, it evolved it did not it was not a conscious plan yeah you know that's the difference but Pigeons. I suppose there's something about people being trapped you know you talked to me about national service earlier yeah. and I see that in a lot of your work in Orvida's own pet in forage 
um, in the likely lads to a degree, it's this being sense, trapped, Jimmy. Yeah, being trapped. Yes, yes. And, and especially people who've got no choice, sort of thrown together. Yeah. Do you think that makes for interesting, much more interesting comedy? Yes, well, yes, it is, and, it goes, yes. And, and, and the DNA of all that is national service. Yeah. Thirty total strangers from all walks of life in a hut. Yeah. You know, till you get separated and go off in different branches, but basic training. Yeah. That, that's what it is. How do you keep that then? Because you know, people talk about, let's say, I don't know, Oasis as an example, that they create this stuff, and then when, they, when you're young and hungry, and then it's maintaining it. How does that... Do well, you know? I mean, there's a lot of bands who are good examples of like Dick and me. And, and it's, it's, it's like, um, I was reading this great interview at the weekend with Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey. And Roger said, Pete has written a new album because you can't bear to be thought of as yeah. yesterday's writer. <laughs> and we can't bear to be thought of yesterday's writing. It's like, it's just this, this need for relevance. But do you still worry about that? Like I think once you No, no, I don't worry about it, but that's what it is. That's, yeah. what, that's what keeps you going. And the fact that you actually just enjoy it. There's another friend of mine, very good writer. I'm not yeah. going to name him. Okay. And he's, he's wonderful, but I had lunch with him a few years ago and he said, well, I feel I've done it now. You know, that's, that's sort of... Really? He, he, and, and really? I thought, and I said, no, I'm still hungry. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm not in the least bit wanting to, to rely on the old stuff, you know what I mean? I mean, as I say, we're pitching next week, which is terribly important to us. Oh, I love that, right? Just the thought of it. And we've got some, <laughs> we've got movies that are, that are written, Four. waiting to go, Four you know. Waiting to go. Um, no, I'll tell you what though, this is something I've never said before. Go on. Is that, when you go through these different periods, and some are down and some are frustrating and some are great. Looking back, our feet is then rescued us. Because we were in LA, Hollywood in the 80s, but not getting any features made. The company we were involved with was in London, yeah. turning out all these programs with grands and marks yeah. and different people. It was pre-Love Joe, but they were, nevertheless, they were getting series on the air. And we were in a kind of limbo in LA, weren't we? I mean, yeah, we did yeah. a Bond rewrite. So. We did one Bond, but we were in limbo. So, I know he said it more than I do, which is basically, what am I doing here? And it was like, oh my God, if this can work, which it did, suddenly all the credibility that's important to you, which is your yeah. own country, where all your work was, your best work, yeah. we had another fantastic show in the air called Our Phoenix Band. So in terms of, it was an enormous morale yes. and career booster. Yeah. And it really, to me, rescued us. The other two things that made a huge difference to us, one was the commitments, because that suddenly got, that we later. suddenly had real cred in Hollywood after the commitments. And the other one was doing an uncredited rewrite on The Rock, which enabled Jerry Bruckheimer to sign Sean Connery. And without Sean Connery, you know, it, it, he didn't have a movie, he didn't have anything. That, well, can I be honest? I remember what, I mean, obviously the commitments came out, I was peak target for the commitments I think because it came out was it 22 early years ago. 90s I say yeah. Like, yeah so uh, yeah 20, and I can remember just thinking oh my god this is that was my likely lads do you know what I mean not yeah. that I was from yeah, Dublin yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was about youth culture it was celebrating young people yeah. and yeah. the joy of being young I suppose yeah 
Um, oh, shit. What? Look at that little cottage there. What I are you saw, saying shit for, Ian? No, uh, those are rocks. Yeah. I thought they were enormous what, swans. I? Was a I big thought pelican. for a moment, oh my God, it's the biggest. No, there's a big pelican there. A... Do you know, I thought there'd been an accident at the chemical plant <laughs> and the giant killer swans. <laughs> and I thought that. But they're that. still big, look at them. We should say, I'm going to get, take a little picture of us here. because Oh, so look picturesque. at this little cottage thingy. It's very sweet park, actually. Look at this park. little... We should, Ian, do you want to describe it? For well, it looks a bit Hansel and gretel -y. I don't like ravens, though, or crows. Oh, I've learned to respect them. They're so smart. You think so? Oh, well, yeah, they, they're, they're really they're, smart. But they're like your garbage. They clean all the stuff up in the street. Otherwise, you know... But don't pigeons do that? Well, where we live, it's, we rely on crows. You were talking about Ovidus and Pen. I find that... No, no, I just think it... it, it uh, that's why I think... I have this immeasurable yeah. gratitude to that series. I just really? think it rescued us. And, uh, as I say, our morale and our career, and, and it was in a kind of very emotional limbo, yeah. wondering what we were doing. We're very interested in theatre at the moment too, because we we had you know the first time we had anything to do with the theatre, we had a hit first time out, which was Billy with Michael Crawford. So it was a wonderful show. We've been, we, it's been a source of great frustration that we've never got it on again. Yeah. It's very hard to find somebody to play the title lead. Who's looks, Michael Crawford. He, he, was, he, he was about 33 when he did it, but he looked 18. So you we got, both we, look very smart, can I tell you? The what? You look so much, see, can I tell you why I'm relieved you went to LA? Because you look great. I know it's not about what you look like, but, and that's trivial and unimportant. But I think it's that sense of, I feel there can be a tendency to sort of shut up shop yeah. a bit here. It, it, when I say here, I mean in England. I think that's changing. It's also those exercise workouts we do with J-Lo. You know, that, that's made an enormous difference to my physique. Oh, I, and I, her, I think it's made and her ass. <laughs> Oh, kid, kidding aside, I do think I do think I'm, I live a healthier life yeah. because I'm there. Do you think so? Um, yeah, because I I play tennis all the year round, and and you you can't do that here. It's much more difficult. Yeah. And I think that's kept my um, kept me feeling well, fitter. I think than also, I've... what were you going to say, Ian? Oh no no no! I was dragging us back to where we were. Go on to Ovidia's impact. No no no! We to the the theatre, and Dick, and then Dick was saying we had this big success, and then never went near the theatre again. But but now we're involved with a lot. We had a play on this year, the Soho Theatre, which hopefully now is going to Dublin. We have another play in development, and we had a rock musical on uh, in the last few months in Canada. And it's become so, such a turn on. I got really silly when Billy was on. I mean, I did silly things, you know. I would occasionally, it was at Dr Theatre Some of them Royal, in this park. Theatre Royal Drury Lane. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention those. As long as it wasn't uh, my mother. As long as my mother wasn't involved. Theatre Royal Drury Lane. I used to call the box office just to hear the engaged tone. <laughs> I, I did that sort of thing. And then... Oh. Uh, well, Kate, because you were so happy. Oh, in the, and then that was a sign that it was thrill. selling out. Yeah. And, and I used to... Uh, if I was going out to dinner, you know, you used to go to the theatre and stand at the back for yeah. a few minutes just to hear a couple oh, of laughs. Yeah, it was so great. Look, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is it. 
a vegetable garden. Well, why not? In the middle of St James Park, next to the little wee cottage. Hansel and Gretel's cottage, isn't it? Isn't this beautiful? Yeah, it's in the middle of St James's Park and there's a tiny little cottage. Growing all these organic veggies. Marrows, aren't they? I'm going to get you to take a picture and send it to my wife because this is bizarre. Anyone would guess that we're in the middle of W1. It's very chocolate box, isn't it? Yeah, very, very. Hansel and Gretel, I think. Yes, it really is, isn't it? Look, he looks like he should live here. He's the right proportions, my dog, for this tiny house. You see, that's the reaction he inspires, Dick. Yes. So did Elizabeth Taylor have dogs like him? I want you to... Well, you know, that's why... Emily they were... or Charlie, take a picture. I'll try and get as much of that... Co- here, on my camera. No, I want you both to be... All to right, I'll try and get to. as much of that cottage in as possible. Yeah, I'm going to. Look, Ian, he's, he's very good at directing, isn't he, Dick? <laughs> Excuse me. Who's the bossy one, you or him? Me. Is that right? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Well, it'll clear in a moment. Are you this? <laughs> I'm the one who writes it down. Right. Yes, that's fascinating. There's always one for that. I'm the one who cleans up after he's gone, although he, he, <laughs> then he comes with notes in the morning. Quickly, no one here. Dick and Ian's dream home. Oh, <laughs> I would watch that reality show. You've got hundreds there. Come Good. on, Ray. No, she, she, I thought she had Shizu's, um, but that's why the, the, the yacht was, was moored in whopping. Oh, her Elizabeth the, Taylor and Richard Burton's because yacht, of yeah. the Because of the quarantine laws. Are you the one, Dick, who says, right, we're starting at 9.30? No, it's... It, no, you know, we, we have this tradition. He comes around at 9.30. He lives two streets from me. This is in L.A., yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we're... In that respect, we're very eco-friendly. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's just the carbon footprint from coming over here all the time that I'm beginning <laughs> to feel dead guilty about. Um, oh, but as I say, it's just Great. necessary. No, it, it, I mean, very early on, I was the one who wrote it down in pencil I'll or this off. pen. Right. And then eventually got a computer. So, so I'm, I'm, lunch I'm, at my the computer palace. skills are better than his, which is not saying much. So um, something I was going to say to you about the book, which I mentioned at the start, <coughs> was that you being honest about the ups and downs. And it, you just said, oh, some embarrassing failures. Yeah. But it seems to me that's a slightly different attitude towards writing, which is an idea of a creative profession, whether it be acting or writing or as a job, you know? You sort of, um, you get up, you do your job and you go home. Whereas I think that seems to have changed a lot. You know, I think there's been a bit of this creeping idea, which partly reality shows and talent shows that you get discovered and that's it. Yeah. Yes, Do you know of what I mean? Well, no, no, no. And this, I mean, millions of young people don't consider this going to work, getting a job. Yeah. They, they want to stay home and have a start-up company. Yeah, yeah. You know. One of the first things we decided, you know, we've been collaborating for all these years, but, but the thing that it's least easy to collaborate on is mm. prose. Interesting. Uh, you know, even, even a memo is, is like, it's agony. It's better to say, you write it or I'll write it, and then we'll edit it. Yeah. So the first decision we made was, let's write separate chapters. For the book, yeah. When you actually write, of course, do you do that? Because that's difficult, isn't it? When you sit in a room and do you have that rule? I work with Frank Skinner, 
and David Baddiel, and they have, when they work together, they have a rule of, you, you have to have tolerance in that creative room. Yeah. You know, because power goes to the most negative person in the room. And you know that person says, that's a shit idea. And then everyone loses their confidence and uh -huh. can't be creative. So you almost have to have a sort of agreement that you're allowed to say things even if they're stupid. Yes, you do. And, and I remember very, very early on, we thought, get it down, yeah. get, get something down so that, that, so that it's there and then you can always improve it, you know, and you can always say, oh, that line's crap or that idea's crap. But mm. to have something on paper is so much better than sitting looking at a blank paper, you know. Do you, um, you seem to have quite a work ethic though, both of you. Yeah, I think we do, yes. Yeah, we do, but... I mean, I got the impression from your... No, uh, reading about all your exploits. Like, I got the impression Ian was a bit wilder. Well, I was single much longer. Yes, he was. There were a lot yeah, more of the parties with... Yeah. I was changing nappies. I was changing nappies when right. he was doing all that. Yeah. Um, do you think, um, I know, again, this is something you probably get asked a lot, but in terms of what you would, who you admire now who's creating comedy, is there anyone that you'd I mention? It's not a conscious thought. Yeah. And especially not and comedy. We're mostly involved in more drama, drama than yeah, comedy, I see more that. films. So we're not like aware of, of the zeitgeist here of who's doing what. And also, mm. we're not watching television as we live in America, even though we're here to work frequently. Yeah. No, no, we're, we're, I'm, I know we're not worried about the competition or wherever it is. We're just, you know, the frustrating thing is we've written in our own opinion, so much good work that we'll never see the light of day. That's, you know, that in this gig is a very hard thing to compete against without suddenly going under or getting deeply depressed. So much time invested in, in, in ideas and projects that just never get made for various different reasons and uh, or fall apart. And, and if there was only one of us it, it, it would be very hard not to go under. As there's two of us, <laughs> uh, you're bolstering each other. That's true. Against that. Who's the optim? Are you both optimists? Oh no! Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Both of us. We are have, you? We, yeah. We, we, we yeah. have a share Did of. Did you pause? No, no. I know. I, 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 I was, I was thinking of a different reply, which is that you know. It would have got me much more down years ago before I became a meditator. Yeah, and I, I have a totally different attitude to bad shit. Really? Yeah, I would have gone under years ago if I did. If I did. Do you do that, Dick? No, I don't. But 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 what I I do know that every time we have a turn down, you know, it, uh, we've we've had quite a few over the, over the years. But then there's a there's a, a mourning period, but it's fairly short. And then I mm. then I usually think, well, at least we're now free to do something else. So it's it's like a positive yeah. attitude comes out of something negative sooner or later but I suppose also it's because you in, you've enjoyed such extraordinary success well as well you both seem really good natured uh -huh. would you say that's true I can't imagine either of you losing your temper it's been known but has it not very often what's the worst argument you've had oh well we'll leave my first marriage out of it <laughs> shall we you don't argue? You must occasionally. Oh, yeah. We disagree. Disagree, but it's like. 
There's a, there's, 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 Seldom. They look, they look too they do in smart and wealthy they do it, to be in London. They do in Newcastle. In the Newcastle. We can ask for autographs in Newcastle. On the street, yeah. yeah. My e dad e even used me. to say that was the best kind of success, was writing, because what, what you've got all of the benefits. You know, like you can get the restaurant, you get people, but you don't get the legend on the street. You don't get people Yeah, I miss you. that. Do you think yeah. that? Do you? Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> do you love that? Yeah, I'd like to be a high-profile celebrity. He finds it impossible to even leave the house. I'd love that. I don't think he would actually. Do you know? I, I would hate it. Oh, would Who's love. got, you know, the look it. at me gene, I call it. Who's got more of the look at me gene? Me, obviously. <laughs> obviously. If he had if he wasn't if he was not as vain and I, he wouldn't be wearing pants like that, would he? No, <laughs> I've got the look at me gene. Have you? These are all government buildings, aren't they? Just yeah. massive. What civil service and yes, sir. No. So, um, how does it feel to have met the person whose conception you were responsible for, Ian? Well, it's quite traumatic. <laughs> I, I, I might have to talk to my therapist about it when I get back to LA. Do, I genuinely have a therapist. Do you no, both have, do I'm you from have the it? northeast. There's no such thing as therapy. I never. Is that what you think? Yeah. Would you never have it? Oh, of course. I would have. I never have. Have you not? I've never felt I... I, d I, d I described in the book how... Yes, you did. When but my, you went, when what, my marriage was breaking twice? up. I, no, I went a few times. You did? And then one day, I went to this guy, and he was deeply depressed because, because he'd had a row with his father, and I found that I was uh, advising him. <laughs> Instead of him helping me, I was advising him about the relationship, and I thought, time to finish. That's, that's, that, that's when I quit. But it, no, it did help. It did yeah. help. Yeah. Because it was, I was a mess for a bit. Do you think a lot of what you do is also, you have to manage egos a bit as a writer, because you work with people with big egos. You talk about getting involved in certain projects, and there'd be a star on board, and just having to be really patient, because sometimes they were asking for things that were kind of impossible, or I felt um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of having to be tolerant, would you say, as a writer? I yeah, suppose, you, do, you know, sorry. They're, they're all, they're, it's personal relationships, and they vary as much as people do, do, you yeah. know. If you have a star on board, yeah. it means your project has gone to that stage. It's going to be made. Yeah. You are so ecstatic. Yeah. You're so euphoric, you don't give a shit how it treats. Yeah. That's the best moment of the of the process is when we're in a rehearsal room for the first read through. Oh Dick gave Raymond a stroke. Go on Ian. Oh, I didn't, you didn't have a stroke, of course. He's a bit smelly and you you're both so perfumed and lovely. Walking the dog. How yeah. old how old is he? He's three. And I got him when my parents died and my sister died. Because I just thought it would be no. nice to invite I, joy into my life. I want to say, it's been so lovely because you two, Ian Lafrenna and Dick Clement, were talked about all the time when I was growing up. My mum would say, every time I'd read a Zempet or... I remember my dad taking me to see The Commitments. 
And he said, do you know who made this? And they talk about you. And then they'd say, well, Ian introduced me. I remember my mum said that she'd said, oh, I, I really want to meet someone. And Ian had said, oh, I've got a nice guy. We met him. I think he'd be quite nice for you. And you arranged for them to meet. So thank you for making me exist. And I loved your book. I am I've got it here. So I think delighted on both counts. Everyone should read it. It's called More Than Likely. And I actually didn't put it down. Do you want us to sign it? Yes, I do, please. Oh, it'd be lovely. Have we got a pen? Um, I couldn't put it down. Look, and you can tell I properly read it. That's lovely. Good. I circle uh, things that I really like that made me laugh. Good. There's good. a really. Do I have more circles than him? <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to that, and do remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>